So on Saturday, Marvel Studios went crazy and announced all of their upcoming slate for the rest of Phase 4 as well as, the, as, well as Phase 5 and as well as talking about what was also coming and, and the details of each of the upcoming movies and TV shows. But it also even went, went further and announced some of Phase 6 and where this whole multiverse saga is going. So in this episode, I'm going to be ranking all 24 of the upcoming MCU animated or live action shows from my least excited, in terms of the show a movie I'm least excited about, to the movie or show that I am the most excited about. There is 24 that I count that have been officially announced, but there may be one or two more, or maybe two or three more, like Shang-Chi 2 and the Halloween special, which have been talked about and rumored or even officially or even reported by one of the major trades, but they haven't been officially announced by Kevin Feige himself. So I've elected to, to, to take all those off the list. There's also one on here in particular that wasn't talked about at Comic-Con, or two actually that wasn't talked about at Comic-Con, but it was talked about by Kevin Feige in investor meetings. So I'm also including those because those videos are available to the public and we know for a fact he announced them. I'm including those, but nothing like Shang-Chi 2 that hasn't been officially brought up by Kevin Feige. I'm also not including the mutants, which has been heavily rumored. Only stuff that have been officially announced. So this is going to be a massive list, and it may also include some slight spoilers from movies or shows that tie into each one of these movies or shows that I'm about to rank from my least excited to my most excited. So if there's one you haven't seen a prequel to, the one I'm going to talk about, maybe just skip over that one. So it's going to be a long list, so let's get started. Coming in my number 24 is easily going to be I Am Groot. And this is pretty unfortunate because this is actually going to be the next thing coming out. Now, this is a series of shorts, five of them, that will follow Baby Groot that will release on August 10th. In general, I'm not really into like these shorts that are very targeted towards kids and kids under 10 years old especially. It just seems like it's going to be a bit too silly for me, even though I know it's probably going to be a bit cute and enjoyable. This is just not something that's aimed for me at all, and I've said this before that not everything in the MCU needs to be specifically targeted for me, but as long as they make it accessible to me as I'm watching it, that's fine. That just means I'm not going to get very excited for it, and this is absolutely the case here. I enjoy Groot, but I really don't think he works that well as your main character, and there's just not much in here that specifically gets me interested. Coming in at number 23 is Agatha, Coven of Chaos, and this is by far going to be my most controversial placement on this entire list, but I have little interest in this show. Now, I loved Katherine Hahn as Agatha Harkness in the WandaVision show, but I thought they left her reveal feel so late in the show that I just couldn't really connect with her on a villain, like a sympathetic villain standpoint. I found her to just be a bit too mustache twirling, even though that doesn't make sense for her character, by the end of the show. Now, I like that this show is going to be a dark comedy, and I like that the showrunner behind WandaVision is coming back to write this show. But in general, I really don't know what you can do with a character that's so naturally a side character. A fun one, but not one, again, that I'm very interested to see lead her own show. And they just haven't sold me on what this show is going to be. And now that they're changing the title, it seems like they're going to lead way more, lean way more into the scarlet witch element and bring in wanda as well and that seems to me like they're a bit unsure about what they want to do in general with this show coming in my number 22 is what if season two not much to say about this one other than the only reason this is as low as it is is because we already know what's going to be and i'm not too excited about this one based off the listings for what we're going to get one in terms of the episode we're going to get an episode with tony stark on sakar we're going to get one with um with Peggy Carter fighting a Hydra Stomper. And in general, the episode list they released doesn't seem all that interesting to me, and it, does, it seems a lot 
more uninteresting than a lot of the very exciting ones in season one. And since we already know how it's going to look and feel, it just stops it from getting any higher because I feel like I know what I'm getting and there's not that intrigue element with this one. But I did enjoy season one and I'm excited to see more of this next year. Coming in at number 21 is Marvel Zombies. Now, this is one that I said I was very excited for when I talked about it last Friday. But I have to admit that the more I've thought about it over the weekend and the past few days, I think this one really does feel a bit too much like a gimmick. And it does really seem like with the characters they've laid out as the heroes and villains, not only is some of the lineup pretty questionable to me, like having Jimmy Woo, it does seem like they're basing it more off of characters just fighting one zombie per week. And I feel like that's going to get pretty repetitive. And I feel like this concept would have worked a lot better as a, a full season of What If, or maybe like a two to three episode arc, and maybe the whole season could lead up to a big battle with the zombies. It doesn't seem like that much to do, but they did get a comic book writer with Zeb Wells to write this, so I'm curious what element he's going to bring into it. And even then, it also gets me a bit concerned what, how exactly, if he's going to know exactly how to structure a show like this. But in general, I'm excited to see more zombie cannon fodder fodder. I'm glad it's rated TVMA and they're going to go there. And I think this will just be a fun one to watch weekly, but it's not going to be one that sticks in our minds as overly memorable. Coming in at number 20 is Armor Wars. Now, this one is super interesting because Kevin Feige announced this back in December 2020 at the Disney Investor Day meeting, but he didn't talk about this one and San Diego Comic-Con. So I'm assuming this one has either been shelved or it's been massively delayed due to them struggling to really come up with a plot for this series. And that type of way of thinking, like, let's make a show about this character without actually having a story is a bit concerning to me. I like the idea of giving Don Cheeto more to do, but he's never been one of my favorite characters in terms of Rhodey in the entire MCU. But the plot itself, I think, could be fun of Tony Stark's armor getting in the wrong hands and Rhodey needing to find that. There's uh, rumors that Justin Hammer might be making an appearance. Maybe we might get more appearances from previous Iron Man villains. Maybe we could get um, the villains from Iron Man 3 to make a bit of an appearance in here, although that's been massively discontinued in terms of that story. The reason this one can't get any higher is because I still don't really know if it's happening. And it does seem like they're probably stuck a bit in terms of the development prospect if they haven't, if they didn't talk about this. So I'm assuming we won't get this one for a long time and not knowing anymore what characters were going to appear. And also this one just seems a bit too similar to Ironheart to have any of these two very high for me personally. And going right along with that, number 19 for me is Ironheart. And this might be a bit also a bit controversial for a lot of people. When it comes to this show, I think that after I see Black Panther Wakanda forever, and if they're able to make me like this character a lot, then I think this one will definitely move a lot of place-based stuff. But as of right now, I don't know much about this character. And I've always been pretty against just gender swapping a character, whether that's male to female or female to male. It doesn't matter. I still just don't like the idea of doing a derivative character of another there's very few exceptions that have been able to win me over. When it comes to Ironheart, that's where my excitement is really dampened. The plot also seems pretty generic. And also, again, it just seems a bit similar to Iron Armor Wars, except we already know we, we like Rhodey as a character. What ups this one is that I feel like they probably do have confidence in this character if they're willing to introduce her in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And a lot of my issues with like the shows where they've introduced new characters, I feel like they've had to split the season between their origin story and the main story. Not having to deal with their origin might lead to it being a bit more story-focused, and I think that's what bumps it up a bit on this list for me. Coming in my number 18 is Echo. Now, I'm going to be 100% honest here. I thought the character of Echo was probably one of the weakest parts of Hawkeye. I felt like she was pretty underdeveloped, and I just couldn't really get into the character's motivation by the end of the season. So you might be surprised to see this one is higher than a few of the other ones, but 
The main reason this one's higher, I'm not going to deny it's because I'm a Daredevil shill, and that is that Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio have officially been confirmed to return in this series. Now, the other thing that gets me pretty confident here is that the original writers on Daredevil, the show, not the movie, obviously, are writing this, and that, and they obviously know how to structure a show. So I'm assuming this one might be a bit longer, maybe like 8 to 12 episodes. And that gets me excited that they're really going to get someone who can nail this format. Now, the character itself, I haven't found all that interesting. Now, Kevin Feige did tease that she has a great supporting cast. I'm excited to meet them. I'm excited to see this show because, again, Daredevil's in it. But the show itself just seems to me like an unnecessary spinoff from a really fun show, but not of a character that I liked all that much. Coming to my number 17 is She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Now, when it comes to this show, I will say that I think the latest trailer really helps my excitement for this. Now, I don't know how much of that is just, again, seeing Charlie Cox return as Daredevil, which has been officially confirmed. He's going to be in his yellow suit in the comics and his red suit. I can't wait for all that. I'm excited to see more of Wong. I'm excited to see a very lawyer-based show, which I really like those type of shows when they're done right. Now, when it comes to the character herself, I think that the character herself, I've been actually really won over by how... She's able to differentiate from Hulk. And my issues with this show aren't actually to do with the fact that they just gender-swapped Hulk. Because I think this character is one of the exceptions I was talking about that's able to differentiate themselves and has a lot of her own traits. I think Tatiana Maslany was a great casting choice. And I think she'll be great in this role. But I will say the trailers they put out, especially the first one, felt they leaned a bit too hard into the angst side. And I felt like the humor didn't work for me. And the style of the show just doesn't seem like it's going to be something that I'm going to be able to connect with personally. But the latest trailer, I thought, had a humor that worked a bit more. It had the fourth wall-breaking element that I really like about the character that they finally showed. And there's just a lot in there that I'm very interested in, again, from the side characters. And I hope we do get a very law-based show, which I think can be cool. I like seeing the Abomination back, and I like seeing Mark Ruffalo back. So a lot of things to get really excited about, but I'm not really sure if I'm going to be able to vibe with the style of the show in general. Coming up at number 16 is actually going to be Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Now, this is another one where the latest trailer they put out, actually, I will say, kind of blew me away with how good it was. The movie looked amazing. It seems to be a very emotional movie. The music they played was great. And just the weight of feeling what happened in real life was actually brought over to the movie, it felt like. And I thought they did it in a very respectful way. The action looks amazing. I'm very excited to see Namor in this movie. I'm, in, I'm curious to see who's going to be the new Black Panther, but also a bit concerned. And just overall, the trailer looked fantastic. And there's nothing ironic I can say about the trailer. But in general, I do think the decision to not recast Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, I have said before, and I will say this again, I still, I still don't know if that was the right decision because I feel like he created such a great legacy with the character of T'Challa and how impactful he was on culture that I do feel like you, it was important to continue that character's story but I fully respect what they did and I do think that it was probably the right decision to be a bit safer and not you know alienate your audience and to be a bit more respectful and I completely get that and I've kind of moved on from that but I'm still extremely nervous about having them having to write around uh, T'Challa and having to write write him out of the story I still don't know if they're gonna be able to make that work and make this movie quite as compelling without that strong of a lead character. But I have full faith in Ryan Coogler, and I do think that what they've shown so far and bits of the story are winning me over. And if we get a second trailer and we get to know the real full plot of this movie, I think this movie could easily move up to the top 10. But as of right now, it stays here still. Coming to my number 15 is Spider-Man Freshman Year. Now, this is actually one that dropped a little bit because of what they revealed at San Diego Comic-Con. 
And that's because the, this... Now I feel like I'm a bit more confused with this show because they showed Daredevil and they showed Doctor Strange in it who hadn't met Peter before Infinity War. And they showed Norman Osborn, Harry Osborn, and just things that don't match with... And Doc Ock, things that just don't match with the continuity established in the MCU. Now, in general, I love the idea of a Spider-Man show taking place in between him getting his powers, maybe even before that, and the events in Civil War where Tony Stark recruit, recruited Spider-Man to be on Team Iron Man. I love that idea, and I was so excited. And this was actually in my top 10 before this event, but I feel like with the way it seems like they're either breaking continuity or getting away from continuity is worrying me a bit. Initially, I thought that they were just going to do a separate universe, and I thought they kind of implied that with the presentation, but then since then, I've read on Twitter that most people seem like think it's still going to be part of the same continuity and I don't like how much this breaks canon so I'm a bit mixed on it but I will say I love the art style obviously Charlie Cox returning as Daredevil I mean like that's just a cheat code to get me more excited for your show but I'm super excited for this show in prospect but the way they seem to be executing it I'm not sure if I'm quite there but we will see for more details with this one. Coming in my number 14 is Captain America New World Order. Now, let me preface by saying this. Just because this movie is as low as it is doesn't mean I'm not excited for it. Because I have to say that I'm excited for pretty much everything in, like, the top 22, 21 of this list. There's only, like, one, two, or three that I'm not sure if I'm all that interested in. So I am very excited for Captain America New World Order. Just having me very excited for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, parts of She-Hulk, and Spider-Man Freshman Year. But what my worries come down to is that they did bring bring in the director of Cloverfield Paradox, which is a very poorly received movie, but I've never seen it, so I can't really comment. They brought back the writers of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which had a lot of great elements. And I have to say that I'm fully sold on Sam becoming Captain America. But I don't know if that those writers are really suited for a movie format, because that show to me, had the best parts were the non-story focused elements with Bucky and, Bucky and Sam just living a very suburban life that I liked seeing or I should say a very very normal life and a very mundane life that I love to see but the rest of the show and the actual story with the flag smashers I thought felt completely flat and if they're going to bring that into it and also be a bit more political with the story although that obviously tracks with the Captain America story and the story of the franchise I'm still curious to see how exactly they're going to pull it together in just one singular film but I am excited to see Anthony Mackie as Captain America, and I do hope we get Sharon Carter back played by Emily Van Camp, as well as Bucky Barnes, because I love their dynamic in the, sh- in the show, Falcon Winter Soldier. I am very excited for this, but I do have a few hesitations that hold it back from the top 10. And also, Captain America is my favorite superhero, so I'm always going to be a bit biased to this movie, but there's just a few things holding this one back for me. Number 13 is The Marvels. This is one that got a big boost because of the Miss Marvel show. Now, Miss Marvel was a show that I really enjoyed. I loved Kamala Khan, played by Iman Vellani. And in general, a lot of my excitement is just wanting to see more of that character. Now, the first Captain Marvel, I did not love, to be honest with you. I thought it was okay. I still don't think it's quite as bad as a lot of people say it is. I think it's still a fun movie. It's just not a great movie. However, they are changing up directors. They are bringing back, they are bringing in Nita Costa, who's directed... Some more artistic movies like the Candyman reboot from last year, so I like that. Seems like with the story, they're going very scroll cosmic level with with the scale. They're bringing in Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. So although I didn't love the first Captain Marvel, all the details I'm hearing about this movie, as well as how Miss Marvel really intrigued me with the way they kind of swapped places in the post credit scene. All of that just gets me really interested to see more of this. And I do think this will be one of the movies to establish the mutants in the MCU with how 
Miss Marvel ended. So in general, even though I didn't love the first Captain Marvel, there's a lot in here, which is getting me very excited. Coming to my number 12 is X-Men 97. Now, there's definitely an argument to be made that this is not part of the main MCU, but then you could also say that about What If? And we can just say that this X-Men animated series takes place outside of the main 616 universe. Now, the X-Men animated series is a show that I absolutely love, and I've been re-watching it recently, and I think it mostly still holds up. And when it comes to this re reboot, everything they've shown from the images to some of the plot details, Mr. Sinister being the villain, the team, and adding characters like Cable... All of that gets me really excited to see this show. And I don't even think there's much to explain. Because this is just a revival of a great show. We already know how it feels. And I do hope that the original voice cast is able to come back, fit back into their roles, and the writers of this still capture the magic of that original show. And from everything we've heard and seen, it does seem like they're going to do that. So there's no reason for this one to be lower down on this list. Coming to my number 11 is the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Now, I completely understand if a lot of you have this a lot lower on your list, but I think this is easily my most anticipated project coming out for the rest of this year because, firstly, I love this franchise. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy. I love the first one. And I also love Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which I know isn't the most popular opinion, but it is one that I have. So I love these characters and just seeing more of them interact Written and directed by James Gunn, the guy who really gets this, the guy who's pretty much changed the course of the MCU in a lot of ways in terms of get a, a showing that they could go more weird. Writing this and just how much I love that guy working behind the scenes. And I love the cast of these movies. It seems like everyone's coming back. James Gunn has hinted that they're going to introduce some very some of his favorite Guardians characters from the comics in terms of involved with the lore that we've never seen and that I don't think have been officially announced. I'm wondering if we're going to see Cosmo, the space dog, in this because it was announced at the uh, SDCC that it would be in that, uh, that 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 Cosmo would be in Guardians of Galaxy Volume Three. So there's a lot in here to get me excited, and even better, it's a holiday special in the MCU, hopefully releasing right around Christmas time to just get us in that festive mood and get and just have a bunch of fun. This probably won't be too tight to continuity, which is why I'm assuming they didn't talk about it at. San Diego Comic-Con, but I hope it's still coming, and I believe it's already shot, so I can't wait to see this. Coming into my number 10 is Thunderbolts. Now, this is a group, this is a team from the comics that I am familiar with and I have read every now and then, but never actually read them in their own solo title, so I don't know too much about who could be in this team, but I do know that there has been a character by the name of Val, played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who's been recruiting a bunch of the villains like John Walker, Yelena, I'm assuming Abomination will be in there. Maybe even like Shang-Chi's sister and the Ten Rings might get involved. Seems like they've already set up a lot for this Thunderbolts. And it seems like the direction of Phase 4 has been more leading to the Thunderbolts than it has the Avengers movies. And it is leading into, this is going to be the culmination by the end of Phase 5 of, you know, the first bit of this saga before we end off with the two Avengers movies. So a lot has been building up to this and I just like the idea of paying the villains off. I like that we're having a just more fun anti-hero based movie which I always have a blast with this going to be this seems like it's going to be Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad but I'm assuming not rated R so I think it's going to be a lot of fun a lot of the characters might be in there I really like so there's so there's just a lot in here and I love that they're making this a movie and not a show like that was originally I had reported to be so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing this one Coming to my number nine is Secret Invasion, a loose adaptation of one of the more interesting Marvel events of the previous years, and that that event is so heavily tied into the reveals of the Avengers we've known being Skrulls. But with this show being its own standalone Secret Invasion show, 
with not really any Avengers other than Don Cheadle's Rhodey, which was confirmed at Comic-Con. It does seem like this is going to be a pretty small-scale and very claustrophobic and paranoia-based thriller that I just cannot wait to see in the MCU. Getting Maria Hill back, We're getting Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury finally leading his own show, which is great. I love Ben Mendelsohn as Talos. And I just cannot wait to see the Skrull invasion that's just very, you know, that, that's just very, you know, just so secretive and just getting it exposed within the government, which we got a bit of in Captain Marvel. We got a, a similar feel with Winter Soldier, one of my favorite MCU movies, obviously. So it seems like this show is going to be right up my alley. And they're introducing a lot of, putting a lot of great actors on the show, like Amelia Clark and Olivia Coleman. And seeing as those actors sign on, it also gives me confidence that this show has a lot of great stuff in it, and it was a very, it had great scripts. So I think this is playing out to be great, and they showed some footage of it at Comic-Con, which people said looked pretty good. So I think that's enough for me, and I think this show is just one I'm so intrigued with, and is probably one of my more anticipated shows coming out. Coming in in eighth place for me is Blade. Now, when it comes to the Blade character, I'm going to be honest with you, I actually have never even seen the Blade movies from the 90s, so that's Probably a surprise considering how much I love Marvel movies. I probably should get on that. But when it comes to the character Blade, this is a character that I've always liked from everything other than that movie that I've seen him in. Mahershala Ali, a two-time Academy Award winner who himself sought out the role of Blade. That just shows me that he has so much passion to be in this movie. And he has so much passion and love for the character. And just having a mini sort of passion project in the MCU is very exciting for me. It's going to be a movie about hunting vampires. It's going to be so much fun. The supporting cast, like having Delroy Lindo and maybe even like um, some other actors playing Dracula. All that seems great to me. And I think just the prospect of having a more horror-based MCU movie with Draculas and Halloween elements, which I think sounds so exciting. And I actually do think once we get a trailer and we officially know this movie's in production, because I feel like it was announced so long ago, I think this one might even move higher. But it's at number eight for now. Coming in my number seven is going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Now, I am as surprised as anyone that an Ant-Man movie has made my top ten, even though I love the first Ant-Man movie. And I enjoy Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I don't think it's all that great of a movie. Quantumania looks to be a ton of fun. There's been shots, screenshots of the trailer popping online over the past few days. The whole trailer might even, may or may not have gotten leaked, and I don't know if you ought to see that, but... Everything I have heard about the trailer in terms of the more serious tone, the epic feel, the very Quantum Realm-based story, and seeing Kang the Conqueror, MODOK, Bill Murray is going to be in this movie. Everything is shaping up for this movie to be one of the best movies of Phase 5. And it's just so, shock, so shocking to me that an Ant-Man movie might be the most crucial for the end of this saga out of any other movie coming out in a phase where we've got a Captain America movie as well as a new Guardians of the Galaxy movie and a Daredevil show, Ant-Man is the one which is just going to be. And I think that's just so cool and just a nice way to cap off, I'm assuming what will be this trilogy of very pretty underrated movies, in my opinion. And I think this one's going to be the best of the bunch. Everything we've heard, finally seeing Jonathan Majors as Kang, the evil version of him, is going to be so much fun. And I just love that casting. I love that character. And I just cannot wait for this movie. I'm so excited for this one. This is another one that's coming out next year. It's the first thing coming out in Phase 5, and it looks to be a very exciting one. Number 6, Loki Season 2. Now, all my excitement on this one is borrowed trust from Season 1, because I, I still think Loki Season 1 is by far 
the best thing we've had from Marvel Disney Plus so far. It was most consistent. It was most constantly compelling, intriguing, that had great payoff. And it set up so many characters that I love. I think Tom Hiddleston has never been better as Loki. I love Owen Wilson's Mobius, and it seems like this season can have even more of him interacting with Loki. The character of Sylvie, I thought, also worked really well. And where they left off the season one with introducing Hugh Remains, I'm assuming Jonathan Majors will also be in this season. I think that also put it up a few spots. And just all my excitement for this comes out the fact that season one was so good, and it set up so much interesting stuff. And the way it ended was just almost, was heartbreaking, but also so... It just left you scratching your head in all the best ways possible, which it's leading, it's looking like this is going to be one of the more epic in scope shows we've had. Season two, I think, will probably be just as good as season one from the set photos we've seen. There's going to be even more time traveling. I feel like there's going to be a ton of fun, but also continuing the story of this, continuing the journey of this Loki we've been following really well. Can't wait for Loki season two. Kicking off my top five is Daredevil Born Again. Now, if we knew the full details about what this show is going to be, I think this show might even get to number one because Daredevil is my second favorite super, or the second favorite Marvel superhero of all time. I love the Netflix Daredevil show and everything we've heard about this show, like that Vincent D'Onofrio is returning, obviously Charlie Cox is back, that it's going to be an 18-episode first season. It's everything that Marvel Disney Plus has needed. And as soon as they announce exactly what this is going to be, whether it's going to be a continuation or reboot. I just need my expectations properly set to get maybe this one a bit higher. I do hope it's a continuation that maybe is a loose continuation, not breaking continuity, but not really referencing. I hope we get the whole cast back, and I do think they will go down that route. And I do think this will be a more gritty show, and I hope we get the showrunners and the directors back from the original Netflix show because it's one of my favorite shows ever made, and I still think the greatest comic book show of all time. I just love the character of Daredevil show so much. And showing that it's going to be following the Born Again storyline, but also that title might also indicate how the series might be, if this might be a bit of a rebirth of the Daredevil show. I don't know, but everything about this, about this, just the Daredevil character in the MCU, I just cannot wait to see him interacting with more of the universe. And this might be a great way to maybe transition the Marvel Netflix titles over on to into the MCU. So there's a lot in here. Just extremely exciting for a lot of people. Most importantly, Daredevil and Wilson Fisk are going to be back on through interacting in an 18-episode, I'm assuming, super compelling series. Cannot wait for this. And as soon as we get all the details, whether this one's going to be TVMA, like the Netflix series, and if all that is confirmed, this one might even go to number one. But it's sitting right here right now. I cannot wait. Coming in my number four is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Now, again, I love James Gunn. I love this franchise. And seeing that this franchise is going to close out this era of the Guardians with this film and just how much the cast seem to be connected to these characters and this story, I think we're about to get one of the all-time great MCU movies with this film. The footage they showed got people tearing up in the theater, and James Gunn has always been someone to really you know, pull on your heartstrings in movies. I'm not surprised. This is going to be, I'm assuming, a very character-focused story. It's going to explore the origin of Rocket from what we've heard. It's going to deal with Gamora leading the Ravagers. And all of that sounds great. Introducing Adam Warlock and the high evolutionary played by Chuck Woody Awuji, who was in Peacemaker. All the details we've heard sounds great. But just most importantly, just seeing, I just cannot wait to see this story of the Guardians be wrapped up and just going on one last adventure with the such great team. And I'm assuming this is going to be one emotional ride that I cannot wait to go on. 
So Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is my personal, probably most anticipated thing coming out in Phase 5, actually, in my personal opinion. Everything else is actually in Phase 6, which I just realized and is very interesting. So when it comes to my next two spots, I do have to combine them into one with the nature of the announcement. So my number three is going to be Avengers The Kang Dynasty, and my number two is Avengers Secret Wars. Now, I really did not expect Kevin Feige to come out here and announce two Avengers movies releasing in one year, but I feel like they're so tied together that I just needed to put them together. Because I honestly don't really know why just my head is telling me to just put Secret Wars above the Kang Dynasty. I'm assuming it's because that's probably going to be the payoff of all this, and that's the one that's really going to give me all those feels that I felt during Endgame and bring that feeling back, which I would love. And I'm assuming that's why this is the payoff. It's not going to be as much of the setup. That's why it's probably the higher one. But in general, having Kang be the main villain, bringing in Secret Wars, maybe we're going to see Battle World, the Fantastic Four being a big part of this, I'm assuming maybe bringing in Doctor Doom as a villain. Just knowing where this phase is going, just getting another Avengers movie is so exciting. And I'm so glad it's not coming anytime soon. We're still like under three years, still just under three years away from it. So I'm excited that we're going to be building up to this. We know what we're going to do. But I still just really know that when that day comes, I will be more excited for this, these movies than anything else in this phase, maybe with the exception of my number one. And I just love that we know where we're going and it does seem like it's exactly what I want. It's going to be an epic multiverse, you know, just final two, you know, cappers to this multiverse saga. And it seems like we've got so much exciting stuff being planned for this one. And even the intrigue of two Avengers movies and what the first film could be, maybe a more Kang-based origin story, all of that seems really interesting to me, and I cannot wait till we get more details and see more of the pieces laid out to reach the epic finale. Coming in in first place for me is going to be Fantastic Four. Now, let's all get something right off the bat. I love the Fantastic Four in the comics and the little bit we've seen them in animated form. We even had great, you know, adaptations of the Fantastic Four, sort of with the Incredibles, if you want to count that. But I love this team. I love Reed Richards. I love Sue Storm. I love Johnny Storm. I love The Thing. I love Ben, or should I say Ben Grimm. I love all of them. And I, Doctor Doom is one of my all-time favorite Marvel villains. So everything about the Fantastic Four finally coming to the MCU. And I've just been so hurt by how badly they've been treated in just in, just in media in general. And how much they've been hurt in the eyes of the mainstream. Because of those four, I should say, terrible Fantastic Four movies we've had. I know the MCU will deliver me at least a good Fantastic Four movie. Even that prospect is enough for this to be number one. And if I could choose to see one of these movies, I think it would actually be this one. Because just the idea of finally seeing these characters realized in real life, these sci-fi action-based movie, I am so excited. I'd love for this to be the definitive origin of the characters. And even all the ideas that have been thrown around, maybe them being in the 60s and then being stuck in the quantum realm and then re-emerging, I think that sounds great. And even the, you know, the speculation of who the director could be in the casting is also, for me, put this one up a few spots because I just can't help but get so many ideas in my head about how many people could be great fits as director or as part of the cast. And just everything about this movie and about this team is just a movie that I feel like it's going to be right up my alley. And I just love these characters again. I just... The idea of just seeing them finally well realized on the big screen is why it's number one for me. Even with two Avengers movies to end off, this movie to me is the one that Marvel should be putting all the eggs in the basket of. I hope they go out to get a powerhouse director to knock this out of the park, and I think they will, and I'm assuming it will be announced in two months at D23. I can't wait for that.
So coming in at first place for me is actually going to be fantastic for. And I'm so excited for this. And even with John Watts leaving, I actually think that bumped it up a bit for me because I was a bit nervous when they brought him on. It felt like they weren't taking this movie as seriously as maybe I would have wanted. But now that we've got confirmation that it's going to be a different director and it's going to be a big name one, I am just chomping at the bits to see what to go to get to announce about this movie and chomping this for the release date of this movie, which I believe is November 8th, 2024. So with that said, that comes to the end of my ranking. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this ranking. I'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.